But let me share briefly today. I won't be able to share what I've prepared because time is gone. And, uh, but I want to share a little bit about vision. And I want to pray for you in terms of uh, 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 what the Lord is leading me to do. You know, one of the things that many people don't understand is that there's no church that can be what it ought to be if it doesn't follow vision. And God gives us vision as leaders because we can only lead from vision. Now, vision is defined as a picture of a preferable future. All right? It's a picture of a preferable future. Now, it's important for us to really understand that whatever vision God gives to us, we must be able to follow that vision. Okay? Whatever vision God has given you, whatever vision God has given me. Now, today I was supposed to talk about uh, 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 loyalty and disloyalty. We don't have time. I, we, we can't do that. We'll do that next week. All right? Uh, but in Acts 26, verse 19, Paul says, when he stood before King Agrippa, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Which means whatever vision God gives you, you need to obey that vision. All right? For me, it's the vision not only of a thousand churches, but it's a vision also to raise leaders. It's a vision to spread the gospel all over the world. It's a vision to invest in churches that churches should be prevailing churches. It's a vision to be there as a community builder and as a peacemaker in our generation. That's the vision that God's given me. Now, your vision might not be as expansive. It might not be as big. But no matter how small it may seem, it's a very important vision. Everybody here, the reason you are alive today is because you have a role to play. Think about it. Think about it. You don't have to be alive at this time. You could have been born in 1902. But here you are in 2018, you are here. Even if the world we are living in is a complex, difficult world. That's because God spared you for this season and for this time. You have all that it takes to fulfill what God wants you to fulfill. Even if our world is going the way it's going, God knew when he made you, when he shaped you, he put everything inside of you to be the right person for this time or this season. Tell the person next to you, you are the right person. See, vision is important because when there's no vision, Proverbs 29:18 says, where there's no vision, people perish. Now, that word perish is a very interesting word because it means to loosen, to let go, to be unruly or to be unbridled. Which means this, wherever there's no vision, right, people will be unruly, they will be unbridled, there will be no direction, people will be going everywhere without achieving anything. If you go to a home that has no visionary leading it, that home is a home that's in disarray. There's no order in that home, there's no law in that home, there's no obedience in that home, there's no direction in that home. Everybody does whatever they want, anytime they want to. If you go to a church that has no vision, then that church, there is not much that happens in that church. People go around doing all kinds of things, but nothing gets achieved. But the same is true when you don't have vision in your life. 
You live a life where you are unruly, unbridled. Your tongue, your time will not matter to you. What you read won't matter. Who you associate with will not matter. Where you go will not matter. What influences you will not matter. You won't care what you do with your body and to your body. You will not care what you read and what gets into your mind because there is no vision. Vision is the most powerful weapon that God has given us. In fact, it's interesting that word perish is the same word that we find in Exodus 32 verse 25. When Moses went up on the mountain to go and get the Ten Commandments, when he delayed, the people went to Aaron and said, what happened to this Moses and his God? Build us an idol so that we may worship it. And the Bible says they built the idol and then the people started drinking and dancing and the Bible says, and they became unruly. That's in Exodus 32 verse 25. It says, Moses observed that his people had gotten out of hand. They were running wild. They were undisciplined. That's the word perish. So what it means, therefore, because of what they had drunk, because of what they had put into their system, they started doing things that had no direction. They were active but not productive. They were alive, but their life was not making any difference. They were in self-destructive mode. When someone has no vision, their life goes into a self-destructive mode. In fact, the Spanish Bible says, where there's no vision, people run like wild, untamed horses. So in other words, you see this horse, which is a strong, powerful animal. But when it's untrained, it can burn up all its energy in nothingness. If there's a word like that. Imagine, you have all the gifts, all the talents, all the abilities that God has given you, but burning them up in nothingness. In other words, when we put a sum total of your life, after several years, with all the gifts and the talents and the strength and the health that you have, and the brain that you have, there is nowhere that you have gone. Because there is no vision. Tell your neighbor, I hope you have some vision here. The American Standard Bible says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. In fact, that word perish, it's used a lot in the book of Proverbs. And when it's used in the book of Proverbs, it gives this sense of letting something slip through the fingers by ignoring opportunity. So when somebody has no vision, they let the vision slip through their fingers and they let opportunity slip through their fingers because they are ignoring it. All of us have an opportunity in our lives for our lives to be different. We have opportunity in our lives for our lives to move forward. God will give you an opportunity, whether it's a business opportunity, whether it's an opportunity to plant a church, an opportunity to better your life. It could be an opportunity to repent from your wrongs and, or an opportunity to turn around and, and to walk away from things. But if you have no vision, that opportunity slips by through your fingers. Several years ago, I read a book, and many of you probably have read it, uh, Rich Dead, Poor Dead, and one of the statements that was made in that book, and I'm told it's an actual study that was made, and that was for many people, they will get a chance once in their lifetime to be a millionaire <laughs> or to do something great. There's always an opportunity that will come by all of us once in our lifetime. But the problem is, if there is no vision, even when opportunity comes, 
But because somebody has no vision, you will not see that opportunity when it comes. The Collins Dictionary defines vision as the ability or an instance of great perception, especially of future developments. Let me say that again. Vision is, the Collins Dictionary, the ability or instance of great perception, especially of future developments. So when somebody has vision, they have a God-given perception. They are aware to see what others don't see. You know, visionaries are like artists. You know, whether they draw or they carve something. It's always amazing when you see people carving something. I don't know if you've ever seen them carve something out of a stone or out of wood. You know, when they're in the process of carving, if you look at what they're doing, it looks like nothing. In fact, you wonder why are they busy by hina hina na lilitapale. I don't know how to say it in English, hina hining with this rock. Because they are busy working, but you can't see. They can see what you don't see. And because they can see what you don't see, it motivates them to do what you wouldn't do. Vision, it is that God-given ability of great perception. They can see the future. They can see out of when they look at the stone, they can see the picture of Nelson Mandela out of that rock. But all you see is just a rock that is just useless and it's nothing. But they can see a picture of something that you don't see. I can see I've got people here who can see something that other people don't see in Jesus' name. I will always remember this. You know, I was asked many years ago in one of the interviews, they asked me, I don't remember, was it television or radio? I don't remember. And they asked me this question. They said, when you were at Homemakers, I mean, even if the conditions there were so bad, I mean, those of you who were at Homemakers, you remember. We only had a roof. There were no walls. It was tough. How in winter time? You see people, and then they would make and then you just see their eyes. You know, you don't know who's, who's underneath that pile of warm things. But you know, I'd get up and preach. And this person said, we noticed that you, you were always preaching with everything in you. They said, why? I said, because you see, as I stood there now, I saw the picture of a church that we're going to build one day. Vision will sustain you when everything around you is crumbling. Vision will lift you up even if everything around you seems to not to be favorable because vision is a picture of a preferable future. And not only is it a picture of a preferable future, it also stirs passion on the inside of you. So this is what artists do. They draw a picture. They carve something out of wood. And they are passionately doing it. Why? Because they have vision. Can I hear an amen? amen. That word vision is a very, very powerful word. Bazaar. Let me not go to it. In fact, it describes the capacity to be forward-looking or to be foresighted. Proverbs 29, 18 in the Good News Bible says, Without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teaching. So a prophetic vision is somebody who is forward-looking. In other words, vision is that ability to see in your spirit and in your mind that which God wants to do in your life. It's that ability to see in your spirit and in your mind that which you want to achieve. And that ability is what God paints in your heart. 
Anytime God wants to change anybody's life, he paints a picture of a preferable future. Anytime God wants to change somebody's destiny, he gives them a picture of what is possible. When Abraham didn't have any children, God wakes him up in the middle of the night and tells him to look up at the sky, to count the stars, and to count the sand on the seashore. And God says to him, for as far as your eye can see, that's what I'm going to give you. This is at a time when Abraham was so discouraged that what God had promised is not going to happen. And God is telling him, it's not about me not fulfilling my word. It's about you seeing that picture of a preferable future. Some of you maybe right now, you started out the year on a certain note, but probably now that it's September, you may, have, you may feel like that which you were praying for and believing for is not going to happen. But you see, vision is a picture of what God wants to do in your life. Vision is simply a glimpse of your purpose. Vision is God's assignment as seen by your heart. And God gives to every man and to every woman vision. Kauza's personal says, vision is an ideal and a unique image of the future. George Banner says, vision is a clear and precise mental portrait of a preferable future imparted by God to his people based on an accurate understanding of God's self and circumstances. Bill Heibel says, vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. So you and I, God gives vision to all of us. And the thing about it is, what will you do with the vision that God has given you? Proverbs 29, 13 says, The poor and the deceitful men meet together. The Lord lighteneth both their eyes. When you read that verse, you may not fully understand. The Bible in basic English says, The poor man and his creditor come face to face. The Lord gives light to their eyes equally. Now, the original Hebrew Bible reads, God made people. Some become rich, some become poor, depending on how they see. The word see, eyes, light, insight, in the Bible, are used synonymously with the word vision. So Proverbs 29, 13 tells us, all things being equal now, I'm not in any way excluding the reality of socio-political conditions. We understand that there are systemic processes that keep people poor and keep us down. I'm understanding all of that and I agree because I'm born in that kind of background. That having been said, in spite of how much the system could be against you, God lightens your eyes. See what I like with God. God doesn't look at your background. God doesn't care if you were born without a mother or with, without knowing who your mother is or without a father. God doesn't care if you are born in an informal settlement or in a gated community. Doesn't matter with God whether you are male, female, black, white, yellow, pink. Doesn't matter. With God doesn't matter if you are young or old. God lightens the eyes. As a matter of fact, if you were to look at children, you will know that children are the most visionary people that you ever saw. And how they express that vision is in the games they play. Most of the games they play is not what they 
literally possess. In fact, most of the games that they play is even beyond their social status. It's actually beyond the capacity of their parents financially. But because God created us to be dreamers and visionaries, God paints vision in the hearts of children. And you see them playing games. I always tell this story. Years ago, we went to preach in Mozambique. And I'll never forget, when we went there, it was just after the war. Just after the war. And many, any of you who have ever been to countries that were torn by war, you know that war leaves a lot of devastation. I mean, there were cars on the side of the road that had been bombed, burned, all kinds of buildings that, were, that had been destroyed. I mean, destruction was everywhere. Worst of all, unfortunately, it was a time of great drought in the country. There wasn't much food. So there was scarcity of food and people have come from that kind of destruction. And, you know, we went to preach and, you know, the food they gave us, you could tell that there wasn't much food there. In the morning, they gave us white bread with black tea. No milk. Bread, no sustenance. <laughs> That's all. One slice of white bread. No milk, no sustenance, no nothing. Lunchtime when we went to eat, you know, I was so relieved because we went to a different place and I was really hungry. So we went to a different place to go and eat. I was, I was rejoicing in my heart saying, praise God, at least maybe. So they called us into the house. As we passed by the gate, there was a mbaula at the gate. And they were frying some small anyana fish called carpenter fish. It's, it's kind of smaller. They were chisa fish, not chisa nyam. So, so, we, so I didn't mind about the, you know, that fish. I mean, after all, we've got our lunch inside the house. I mean, why, why must I worry? I mean, really, it's their fish. They must have their fish. So when, when I got into the house, there was a big bowl of rice on the table. That's all. And some side place for us to serve ourselves. No, that's all. So, well, I thought, well, maybe, maybe at least some seshabo is coming. You know, so we waited and waited and waited and nothing came. And the host comes in and said, thank you so much for visiting us in our home. We're so glad to host you. Can we pray? And have you ever, have you ever closed your eyes avatedly? <laughs> have you ever closed one eye and opened the other eye? Watch and pray. So Jesus says, watch and pray for you don't know the hour and the time. So I watched and, but anyhow, I closed my eyes, but I was very curious. When they said amen, something had happened to the table. There was some addition of some other dish on the table. So I was so glad. And when they opened it, you remember that fish at the gate? <laughs> Somehow during the prayer, it had miraculously found its way. That's when I realized that, hey, things are really bad here. So we ate, but then I went out you know, just to go and walk around, and, and it was really sinking in how bad things were. So I'm walking around, I'm looking around, and I see all this destruction. And then I bump into these children who are playing. Hey, this boy and this girl are playing. They are hearts out, wow. laughing, smiling, running. Yeah. And I look at the clothes they had on. The little girl, her dress was so torn. The little boy, his, 
He's, he only had pants on, no shirt. Both of them had no shoes on. The boy had so many patches on his pants. Mara, they are laughing. They are not as depressed as the old people. They're laughing, running. As I watched, I see this girl. She's in her home, imaginary home. She's cleaning, cooking, sorting everything out, watching, and she's happy. She's in a house, big house, she's watching. Then I look at the boy, the boy's driving. Imaginary car. Shock is last as a BM. I went to the boy, I said, what are you doing? That's what he says to me. He says, can't you see? I'm driving. Can't you see? I'm driving. He is seeing a picture of a preferable future. And because he sees that picture, he doesn't even see his poverty. He doesn't see his destruction around him. That's the gift that God wants to give to you today. It's called the gift of vision. And that's why when there's no vision, people perish. When there's no vision, people allow everything to cause them to crumble. God made people. Some become rich. Some become poor. Depending on how they see. As I close, this is my question to you. What do you see concerning your life? I can tell you what I see. I see a thousand churches. I can tell you what I see. I see thousands of buildings. I can tell you what I see. I see thousands of leadership seminars. I see thousands of training sessions. I see thousands of preaching sessions. I see many countries that I'm going to go to and preach to by the grace of God. I see many leaders being raised. I see many young people. That's what I see. And the question is, what do you see? What do you see? God wants to give you that vision. It's not just copying what somebody else is doing. But it's something that gets hold of your heart. It wakes you up in the middle of the night. Something that you'll give yourself to fully. Even when others don't see, you can see as an artist. You know that others think you're crazy. You can see what they don't see and it, it, it directs your life today. It, it, it instructs you in, in what to do, what to say, where to go, what to read, who to relate with, what to give yourself to, what to give your body to, what to do with yourself, what to do with your time. And it's the vision that God has given you. Join hands with your neighbor right where you are. I want to pray for you. Can you pray in the Holy Ghost for them right now? Pray in the Spirit.